turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 17 because we want to talk to you about Thanksgiving. This is week 10. And we've said a lot of things. We said that how you increase or magnify God is through Thanksgiving, Psalm 69:30, right? We talked about as you magnify him, he becomes so much bigger. You magnify him through Thanksgiving. We said that Thanksgiving literally increases your capacity to receive from him. We said that Thanksgiving puts things in motion in the unseen realm to connect you to your answer, to the blessing, to your provision, to everything. This is huge. The highest, the highest level of faith is when you are at rest. And guess what you do when you're at rest? You thank him. This is why even the progression of that song is so powerful because it causes you to sing hallelujah. We don't, this is not come in here and turn to this hymnal and we're going to just sing this and okay, we have three, 35 seconds to do this song and an hour and, or a minute and 15 seconds to do this song and we can't go, no, no, we can't be like that. Oh yeah, we have an order to service, but unless we have this big asterisk at the very top and Holy Spirit, whatever you want, because he knows what we need. Have you ever been in your life? See, sometimes you think you know what you need. But we just so many times deal, we shoot so low. Listen, with God, all things are possible. And I'm telling you, this is a year of the Holy Ghost and fire. We're going to see the glory of God as we've never seen it before. Amen? So I'm telling you, get ready for massive increase in every arena of your life, for walking in a revelation of righteousness and freedom and strength, faith and health that you've never walked in before. God's preparing our hearts. So it says here, Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense, talking about Adam's sin in the garden, it says death reigned by the one. So in other words, when Adam chose to disobey God's command, see the word sin means to miss the mark. What is the mark? God is truth, right? He is life. Everything that misses what he says is sin. You're missing the mark. When Adam did that, the Bible says death reigned. That word reign means it had full and superior dominion in the lives of every human being. It actually affected all creation. You know, when we come back in the millennial reign of Christ for that thousand years, do you know there's not going to be hurricanes taking out towns, tornadoes? This is all a result of the curse. Not going to be earthquakes and all this other stuff, right? No, no, because the earth, the Bible says that the very earth is groaning to see the manifestation of the children of God. I mean, it's amazing what's happening. But death had full and superior dominion. Every one of us were destined to be born, live under spiritual death, and die and be separated from God, never know him, never ever. But look at what it says here. Much more. 
if by one man's sin, death reigned, much more. And this, this phrase, much more, you've heard me say this before. In the Greek, it means so much more, you can't even compare it. So the way death was reigning was horrible, but much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I, I just can't seem to get away from this. All day today, the Lord is like reigning in life, reigning in life. All day today, I've had this scripture going on in me. Do you know, I think we just, we, we teach on this, we mention it all the time. God's trying to get something across to us. I love that statement by John Olstein's dad. He said, you know, when a truth of God's word goes off in your heart in revelation knowledge, you'll want to keep hearing it over and over and over and over. If you're sitting there tonight and you're going, and I know I'm speaking to the choir, nobody's doing this, but you guys are so hungry, I could feel it. I, you know, there's a level of hunger in this place that I, we're always, it's always pretty intense, but it's higher than it's ever been. This is real, I mean, it's very high right now. But man, if you ever are looking at the word of God going, yeah, I've heard that before. It just means you haven't seen it. You, it, you might understand it in your mind, but it's never dawned on your heart. And, and see, for it to dawn on your heart, you have to meditate in it. You say it over and over and over. Kind of like, even like we did tonight, you keep singing over and over, my debt's paid. But then eventually you start going, oh my gosh, my debt's paid. I'm free, right? It's awesome. It says, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You, as a child of God, are not to just get over. You are to have full and superior dominion in every arena of your life. This is why God says this covenant is even better than the old one. And the old covenant said that I'll make you the head and not the tail. But this covenant's better. God is not going to make you the head and not the tail. This one's much better. He's already made you the head and not the tail. You already are above only and not beneath. So now, as a New Testament believer, you're not trying to beg God to do something for you. No, you realize he's already done it. So now, this junk in your life has to bow to who you are in Christ now. Not because we're anything, but because he's everything. So this is a huge thing. The key word here is receive. This Greek word, it means to lay hold of and act upon. It's not just hearing it. It's not just catching it. It's I'm laying hold of it. Could you imagine? So here we are in the Super Bowl and Tom Brady throws this winning touchdown pass. Or let's forget all that. Let's talk about what should have happened. So Mahomes, no, I'm just teasing. But anyway, could you imagine? So Gronkowski, they're, they're about to lose the game. He catches the ball. He receives the ball on the one-inch line. If he scores a touchdown, 
it's over, they win. And could you imagine if he didn't act upon what he just received? Could you imagine he catches it and then he's like, yeah, and he goes, yeah, what would happen? The opposing team would go pick it up. They could go pick it up, go the other way and score and win the game. You got to act on it. Does that, do you see that? So many times Christians will receive something, but then they won't act on it. So you receive the abundance of grace. What is that? It's the Greek word, word charis, right? It literally, the grace of God is the finished work of Christ. It is everything that he provided for you in salvation. Healing, provision, safety, deliverance, protection, all of provision, everything. For increase for you and your family, everything. It's the finished work of Christ. In other words, it's God doing for you what you could never do for yourself. Could never do it for yourself. But he did it. You, when you receive, and it says the abundance of grace, you know why? Because what God's done, it's, it's never just enough. And it's never just enough for you. Whenever you get free in an area, God will bring people the rest of your life that you can give away what God did for you, you'll give it to them. I mean, that's just the way it works. But when you receive the abundance of grace, we said this, the grace of God is the Greek word charis. It's the divine influence on your heart. Where does healing come from? It comes out of your spirit. God's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings. They're in you right now. But you have to lay hold of them. How do you do that? Everything God has placed in you, you have to lay hold of it through faith. Faith is what brings substance to it. Do you know you have all the money that you'll ever have? In other words, I could say it like this. You'll have, you have all the provision you will ever need. It's already in you. It's already done. He's already prepared a, prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But it, that, that won't do you any good if you don't bring substance to it. So you must receive through faith what God has given you by his grace. So it's not only the divine influence on the heart, that's the Greek word charis means that, but the other end of it, and it's, it's the reflection out of your life. What is that? That's when it brings substance. The reflection is the tumor's gone. The cancer's gone. The blood work is back to normal. The virus is stopped. The limb has grown out. The eye sees that didn't see before. The money that wasn't there is now there. Right? There's no more fear. Now there's rejoicing in faith because we see it. Your faith brought substance to it. And that, that reflection, what is the reflection? You've heard me say this. If, if grace was a tree, glory would be the fruit 
So the glory of God is his very presence. It's a manifestation of who he is. So when your shoulder or your hip that it shows on an MRI that something's wrong, the glory, see when that, when substance comes from that and all of a sudden the surgeon's looking at this going, um, I don't understand this, but it was bone to bone, but now it, from this MRI, you have the hip of an 18 year old now. That's glory. You don't get glory for that. God gets glory for that. When the money comes out of nowhere, or all of a sudden you get this perfect job, or whatever happens, money comes from, and, and all of a sudden now, you're walking in a level of prosperity where now you're sowing more and you're giving more than you were making. That glory is, gives, is, is given to God. So that's the, the divine influence on your heart and its reflection out of your life. They which receive the abundance of this, the abundance of grace, what that means is I'm getting revelation of all that I've been given in Christ. And now I'm walking in it and it's manifesting in the form of answered prayers, changed lives. I'm bearing all my fruit in my season. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, right? I'm influencing, I'm walking out the desires of my heart. They which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Now this word receive it not only means to lay hold and act upon, but in the Greek tense, it's a continuous action that grows. So you are to always grow in your ability to receive the abundance of grace. Well, how do you do that? You got to increase your capacity. You got to open your spirit and you have to have a revelation knowledge that he's greater that all things are possible to me who believes. That I don't look at my life anymore based on, gosh, I, I'm so grateful for this house that's going to take me 30 years to pay off. No, I'm going to the Lord and I'm, I'm seeking him. And all of a sudden, if he tells me, you know what, I want you to believe me to pay this off in five years. I don't look at it and go, see, if, if he tells me that and I'm not magnifying the Lord, I will sit here and calculate. I make this much. This is my mortgage. I would have to pay this much to pay it off in five years. Oh, but when I just start thanking God and I get scriptures and I'm speaking it, Father, I just thank you that I live under an eternal jubilee, right? That you cancel debts, that you bless the work of my hands, that you bring money. And right now, Father, if you live in a $250,000 house or a $200,000 house or a $700,000 house or whatever it is, and you just go, okay, Father, I claim this $700,000. I claim this money right now in Jesus' name. Now, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I have authority over you in Jesus' name. You take your hands off of this money in the earth system. And now angels, you go in Jesus' name. You hearken to the word of God. So now you go into the earth system and bring this money to me. All that's left for me to do is to thank him. And as I thank him, what does that do? See, that in, see now I'm, I'm, I'm receiving the abundance of grace. I'm growing in this. But see, I can't 
just grow in the abundance of grace without laying hold of and acting on and increasing in the gift of righteousness. Well, now time out, pastor. How can you grow in the gift of righteousness? You just told me that righteousness is a gift. You receive it when you get saved. It never grows. No, no, your righteousness never grows. Your revelation of it is to never stop growing. You have to have a full revelation that Christ is in me. Do you know Christ could not possibly be in you unless you were righteous? The Holy Spirit could not even dwell in you unless you were righteous with his righteousness. Wow. That'll mess, that'll mess up your mind a little bit because you're like, but wait a minute, but I just lied or I just messed up. I just was angry. Yeah, oh, that's just your behavior. You just made a choice to allow the desire in your flesh to side with your unrenewed mind and it took your spirit captive and you actually started doing something that you really didn't want to do. And, and by the way, you probably had some inner turmoil. Do you know most Christians, man, they're living in all this inner turmoil. But if they would continue to grow and believe God to grow in a revelation of righteousness, that they've been made the very righteousness of God in Christ, all that would go away. Their behavior would change. So this is a huge thing. You'll reign in life when you lay hold of and act upon and grow in those two things. You won't reign in life because you have a certain degree. You won't reign in life if you make a certain amount of money. You might think, man, if I could just make $50,000, guess what will happen? When you're making $50,000, you're going to be like, man, I just, I got to make $100,000. Then my life would be just perfect. And then all of a sudden you're making $100,000 and you're going, wait a minute, I need to make $150,000. And you sit there and go, oh, that's not true, Pastor. It is true. There's nothing that you could ever make that will cause you to reign in life. I could show you, I mean, I could show you there's professional athletes that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars that carry a little idol with them. And they think that's the reason why they're successful. That's not prospering. That's not reigning in life. What happens if that piece of rock disappears? Oh man, what am I going to do? Right? What happens if you're worth $800 million and you're diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer? Or you fall dead at 45 years old while you're running an Ironman triathlon because there was a little heart situation going on that you didn't know about. Versus you get diagnosed with something and you like, wait a minute, that has no legal right in my body. Jesus bore that. So stage four doesn't move me. Right? Because I know my God. See that there's a difference thing. You have to lay hold of these two things to reign in life. Grace of God. The divine ability and strength of God in a person which produces 
outward manifestations of God's strength and God's ability and God's power. That's to be coming out of you all the time. Hallelujah. So righteousness is a Greek feminine noun. It's pronounced, like any of you really care, it'll just make me feel better. <laughs> Dika suna. That's what righteousness, it's the Greek word righteousness. It's in Romans 5, 17, like we just read. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Jesus was made to be sin, so you'd be made the righteousness of God. Dia, oh, I guess I said it wrong. Dia yosuna, that's, that's what it means, or that's how you pronounce it. But it means, now, now I want to read this, it means to be made right, to be justified, to be declared in right standing with God. Okay? So now what I'm describing is a benefit of it. But let's keep going. It means to be made into the state or condition where you now are accepted by God. You're made into something. This word also means to be made of him who is just or righteous. You were created in Christ Jesus. You were born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. The New Testament calls you and the offspring of God. Well, you have to be to be righteous, to be made of him who is just or righteous. This, this word also means to be made the essence of that which is just. The essence of that which is righteous. Who is that? That's your father. That's your Lord. Isn't that amazing? Do you, I mean, it's, I think it's amazing that you have angelic beings in Revelation chapter 4, cherubs. They have wings that cover their feet. They have wings that cover their body. They have wings that cover their face. Why? Because they're, they're flying around the throne of God. Angelic beings that are having to cover. But yet, what can we do? Do you know what, when Jesus comes back for us, and all of a sudden we're raptured, we hear the voice of a trumpet say, come up here, and all of a sudden we are standing in front of the throne of God, and God is making eye contact with you, face to face, and you're not melting. Right? Why is that? Because you've been made righteous. Who made you righteous? He had the plan. Jesus carried out the plan. The Holy Spirit revealed the plan. The Bible says that when we see him, we will be like him. The Bible says, as he is. What? As he is now, so are you and I in this world. And we think that we have a problem 
because of some little circumstances that we can see in our lives. And we really think we have a problem because we think, well, you know, I created this stuff. You know, I know people that have been hurt really bad by other people. Man, I'd love to say that all of the problems in my life were created because I was hurt. I was really the innocent guy and I was just hurt by other people. I can't do that. I I was the master creator of the messes in my life. It started even growing up. Sometimes my mom would pull me off to the side and go, what is wrong with you? You know, your dad told you, if you do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this. I never knew she was prophesying to me. But then when I finally, I'm on my own, and it's, it's almost like I'm hearing the Holy Spirit. What are you doing? Your dad, God, said this, and you're doing this. And he said that. He said, Tony, don't do this, or this is going to happen. And you're going to the concert, buying the, buying the T-shirt. You're in the front row going, yeah. You know, I mean, you're like an idiot. I'm so glad that God never gave up on me. I've been made righteous. Righteousness in the Old and New Testament is the state commanded by God that stands the tests of his judgment. Literally, you will never stand before God and him judge you. You know that? You've already been judged in the person of Jesus Christ. When you stand before him, before the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to all do this in a very short period of time. We're not going to probably pass this earth. We're probably going to hear the trumpet. But you're not, you, you are going to be judged in a way, but not you, just your works. And it's to be a reward ceremony for what you did for him. But you will never, you are unjudgeable. Yeah, but now wait, pastor, it says in the New Testament, judge not lest you be judged. Yeah, that's true. What does that have to do with what I just said? See, if you read the context of that, if I judge my lovely wife, Jeanette, I'm put in a position now where I'm violating the word of God so the word of God is going to judge me. And how does God judge and correct me through his word? So while I'm standing in judgment, have you ever done this? You're talking bad about somebody. You're you're saying the wrong thing. And down on the inside of you, you're you're like, "Mm." because the word's judging you right now. That's how that works. Some people go, man, don't judge, or you know, God's going to throw you in the judgment seat. There's actually this church in L.A. Man, our youth group went up there one time. This was in the early 80s. And there was a guy, they were going to have a repentance service. And they had to come up in front of the church. And there was this big red seat. And they had to sit in the seat and confess and be judged. And, and then... Once they laid it all out, then okay, all right. So it's, I mean, could you imagine? No, no, no. And so here's this Paul. I remember it. This poor guy. I mean, he was so sincere. And I'm sitting here going, dude, Jesus already went through that for you. 
Because although that pastor, after he grilled him, and then he said, okay, it's over. Guess what? I mean, we never, I, I, I didn't attend that church in L.A. every week. But that poor guy, I, I'll, I'll guarantee you when they walk by some of the carnal Christians in the church, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Right? But God's not like that, guys. You get around people who love God, they won't be like that either. Somebody telling you how you should live and what you should do and judging you, just smile at them and just say thank you. Right? Go lift weights afterwards, get your flesh under control, do something, go hit a punching bag, and then go to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I just forgive them. Right? Because we've been there. But don't, there is therefore now how much condemnation? No condemnation to those that are in Christ. Why? Because he was already condemned for you. Man, I got 15 pages of notes and you guys are slowing me down here. See how it is? That was my flesh. I'm pointing finger. No, I'm just teasing. There we go. The righteousness of God. This word also means the righteousness that belongs to God. Do you know (laughs) you're the righteousness that belongs to him? For anything to get to you, they got to go through him. Isn't that amazing? This word righteous means the recognition and acceptance of God's claim upon man, which is realized through faith. Do you know God, the mere fact that you've been made righteous means you are his. He's laid claim to you. And he says, you're mine. Wow. And that's why you believe his word. And he'll make sure he works that word in your life. He'll keep you safe. He'll prosper you. He will, man, this word is coming out of my spirit so big. He will restore your life to the point where he makes it all new. Which means that you won't even be able to touch how you felt. That's God. Righteousness gives us the right And the ability, the right and the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt, without any sense of inferiority, without any sense of shame or condemnation, to stand in the presence of a holy God as if sin never existed. If you were to look at the books in heaven on sin in your life, the pages would be empty. It's amazing. It's amazing. So verse 21, it says this, that as sin, Romans chapter 5 verse 21, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so, now here's how it works, might grace reign through righteousness. But think about this. As sin has reigned unto death, so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal Zoe life. This is why 
when you receive and take hold of and act upon and grow in the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, the byproduct of that is you will reign in life. So the question is, how long will it take you to start reigning? So if you make a decision right now, it, it, you'll, you'll, that decision will take place at 820 right now. And you could start reigning in life right now. I could tell you this, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is ready. And he wants to fix everything in your life and take you to being a full example of Zoe life a lot faster. See, it's, it, as we've talked about in this series, remember, it's not, the limitation is not on him. Why, well, why do some people lay hold of their healing? Man, they get healed right away. I remember when I was dealing with a back issue, I had excruciating pain blowing down my left leg, exploding out of my calf for nine months. And if I ever laid hands on anybody with back pain, they instantly healed or within 24 hours, everything would leave. Oh, I know what it was. God just was making me wait a little bit. Could it have been that? No, because when was I healed? Yeah, back in like AD 30 or 32, way before I was ever born. The limitation was not on God. It had to be somehow on me. So darn it. So if I have limitations, man, I need to know I need some help. Oh, good news. We all have the helper on the inside of us that will guide us into all the truth. If we'll just, if we'll just magnify him so that he's bigger. See, all things are possible with God, but God is able to get over to you. It's all based on what you can believe. It's not based on what he can do. Isn't that good news? Because man... See, if I have somebody in me who knows everything, the guy in me who's God who knows everything plus me is is more than enough. Because even if I'm a zero in an area, he's way more than I need. He could take, I mean, right? He He gives wisdom, the book of Proverbs says, to the simple the King James translator was really kind of a nice guy. But it really isn't the word simple. It's the word stupid. I've been stupid. So have you, right? We've all been stupid. But you don't have to stay stupid. Well, how, what's the difference between stupid and walking in the wisdom of God? It's what you're looking at. Stupid is looking at all the circumstances in your life, looking at your weaknesses and your mistakes, thinking that is your life. Wisdom is knowing that God has prepared, he has restoration, he has healing, he has newness, he has all this stuff, and if you'll just get with him, he'll lead you right out of where you are into where you're supposed to be. For who? Well, as long as you're a pastor. No. Nope. I'm anointed to preach this stuff, but we all live it exactly the same. 
And God's no respecter of persons. You don't need a master's degree from some seminary. I could show you examples of people in the Bible that were not even, I mean, centurion. He doesn't even have a covenant with God. His servant gets healed. Right? Old Testament. Naaman, the leper, no covenant with God, just simply obeyed and got healed. Syrophoenician woman, her daughter got delivered just because after being called the dogs, she says, well, doesn't the dogs eat the crumbs? And he's like, oh my goodness. The Syrophoenician woman coming from a very demonic culture and a Roman centurion that was like a gladiator warrior. Those two, they had the greatest faith in all of Israel. I wonder how much more you, because you're the very child of God. I love that. Hallelujah. Well, gosh, I have so much more. The grace of God, it works through righteousness. Doesn't it? Unto eternal life. Wow. The grace of God causes us to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, when I stand in the grace, when I've received the the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, I know my hope, my expectation is it's not that if I'm going to be healed, I already know. This thing I'm believing for is going to manifest in my body. Why? Because I already have it. I'm not waiting for God to do it. I'm already healed. Do you know as I'm preaching to you right now, the healing power of God is coming out of my spirit according to Romans 8.11. You too, if you'll believe it. The Bible says with the same power that, that God rose Jesus from the dead with, that's the kratos power of God, the same power is now working, quickening your mortal body. This is Romans 8.11. By the Spirit of God that dwells in you. So right now as you walk around, Father, I thank you. Man, right now, that word quicken literally means is healing, is restoring the health, is making whole my mortal body. Do you have a problem with your kidneys, with your liver, with your lungs? Do you have a problem with your brain or your eyesight? Isn't it awesome to know that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can keep the switch of faith turned on by simply going, Father, I thank you that I am healed. Oh man, I've got some scriptures. This is, this is brutal for me. When you start to see the aorist tense in some of these scriptures, you're not the sick trying to get healed. You're not the broke trying to get some money. No, no, you come from a standpoint, I'm already the prosperous. I'm already the healed. I'm already the delivered. I'm not trying to be delivered. I've already been delivered. So all this, all this junk lifestyle behavior that I've been walking in and it's taken me bondage, now I, now I know I don't have to be bound. I'm already free. Now I even know even more than that, I can't be bound. Well, praise God. 